alert, alert to our podcast listeners. Um, midway through recording this episode, <laughs> Lord Solar Power came out, so we have some extra, extra unhinged gay people. <laughs> Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. My social media is at Kawaii Jessio on Twitter and TikTok. And my gender this week is apparently poor little Meow Meow because y'all voted that I was the poor little Meow Meow, proving once again that I am the crosshair of the podcast. Not assigned poor little Meow Meow by our listeners. Not cro- well, Don't imply crosshairs of poor little Meow Meow. But he's not. And I'm also not, so that's why, again, I am crosshair. To quote Shangela, you'll never be a poor poor little meow meow. It will never happen. (laughs) My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on most social media at Ollie Fresh. And my gender this week is Echo, member of Domino's by Lord Squad. Um, I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. (laughs) My TikTok is the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Nalase's certified Dill Factory. Because I feel like that's what Camino actually turned out to be. <laughs> Not the beach remote. I, I do appreciate it. I think that's true. That's true. It is the Dill Factory. There were so many Dills that came out of there. To be clear, it is located on the beach from old. My name is Mal. I use they them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Joel Edgerton, aka um, Uncle Owen, kissing Dev Patel. Directly on the mouth. As he should. In the Spoilers Green Knight. For the in, green in the night. Green Knight. <laughs> okay, it could have just been in general, but then you had to go and spoil the Green Knight. I love yeah. the idea. Okay, also, fall by, wait, let me let me give some extra context to the scene, because Dev Patel did just fuck his daughter, question mark, who's Wait, I'm by... sorry, what? Yeah, it's Uncle a lot. Owen's she daughter. nutted, she nutted on his belt. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember how worse. we run on Star Wars podcast? Yeah, remember this is a Star Wars podcast. Let's keep it fun. I'm not going to explain the nut belt. You have to watch the movie to truly understand what the fuck is. It's an A24 movie, and I truly, I can't express nearly enough how much I did not understand the movie. Like, like I understand... I, you know, as, as a podcast that we're like, oh, let's consume media critically. I truly, I, I think it was one, I was expecting a very different movie going into it. I just kind of forgot that it was an A24 movie and it was going to be very, like, arty and, like, discussing these larger themes. Um, I also was like, I don't know. I just wanted to see Dev Patel have some, some fun being a little nighty boy. And then it was like, oh, let's get a little existential. And I was like, Ugh. and then he uncle owen kissed him directly on the mouth and i was like oh now i'm now i'm back and invested and then the movie ended that's what Ken- oh. the kenobi show won't show us <laughs> when, will, so when, will, when will obi-wan kenobi kiss uncle owen softly on the mouth that's my question my name is claudia um my pronouns are she her you can find me on social media at kaludia says k-a-l-u-d-i-a says my gender of the week um, is Thrawn drinking a Capri Sun. Question, what flavor of Capri Sun? Cherry, obviously. Anyways, Cherry. Um, Noah, close your ears because this is a spoiler for Alliances. You know the scene where he gets shot in a passion several times? Hey, if you guys are talking right now, <laughs> I actually can't hear you. I did turn my volume on. Oh, epic. <laughs> Anyways, so Thrawn gets shot in a passion, right? 
I do like the idea of it being a Capri Sun that keeps him alive. It's not like his cool epic armor. It's a Capri Sun. So do we want to talk about the Bad Batch? This might yeah. be our last time talking about it for a while. Um, Listen, I loved the show, but I'm glad that we're free from its shackles. Yeah, it has been quite difficult staying up until 3 a.m. every uh, Thursday for the last 16 weeks. So maybe the real Bad Batch were the friends we made along the way. Um, uh, at the beginning of this podcast, we made a TikTok that would like assigned us to Bad Batch characters. Uh, Claudia was tech. Noah was Echo, Ollie was Hunter, Jess was um, Wrecker, and I was Crosshair. But we think that we've had some character development, and I, I think we should do a gender reveal. Sign that batch at birth! So maybe not. Maybe we can not do gender reveals. I don't really want half of my state to light on fire. POV, I'm shooting myself out of a cannon. My, I'm <laughs> revealing my gender. The, the thing is, I don't really know if I can necessarily assign myself but I can definitively say that, Jess, as much as I love you, you have become the crosshair of our podcast. No, I agree 100%. Yeah. Jess is constantly the contrarian. I feel like, like, I think I said this last week, Jess is like, if crosshair is, was justified. If like, crosshair was a redeemable character, that oh, would be so Jess. sweet. Thank if you. crosshair yeah. was not a fascist, it would be Jess. Like, if crosshair was based, <laughs> it would be Jess. If crosshair wasn't cringe. There were some people who, who remained the same, though. I think Me. Ollie remained. I think Ollie remained yeah. as Hunter. I think that's a fair assumption. I would agree. I think I, I, I just, I don't really know why. I just feel like he's got he's got something about something about him. He's a lesbian. That is true. You got it in one. Do we think Claudia's remained as tech? Yes, I, I baby. Yeah, <laughs> I I do. I would argue that Claudia has stayed tech. I think the one that is kind of interesting is maybe our shift potentially because i do think there is something inherently grumpy about me (laughs) um that is very echoey but i also think that to some degree also you have some grumpiness noah so maybe your echo who is to say i think it's the 2000 born in 2000 solidarity to be fair echo is the oldest one there that would make me echo (laughs) you know what's funny is that echo is the oldest one but he's certainly not a millennial so uh no echo is a mo- echo is a millennial echo is not think- a echo echo is not a echo, if you ask echo, echo what his hogwarts house was he would kill you you, I do, you say I the word chuggy at echo and he fucking like obliterates you listen i do hate to say this but i do think that the most millennial and the most likely to have a hogwarts house is wrecker i don't think that wrecker would be like millennial but i do think that his sense of humor never evolved past like 2011 facebook memes i do Calm think he- carry on he does think Minions memes are funny and he'll show them to Omega and be like, you got to see this kid. And she's like, wow, Rekka, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> I do feel like, I do feel like Mel and I sort of share being the echo of this podcast. I think we just trade off. Like we we have a button we press and it just swaps. In. It depends on whoever talks the most because the one who talks the least is Echo. Yeah, so when, when one of us is talking the most, we, we are in our Wrecker era. And then that swaps to our Echo era when we're is- like, we're done it has just occurred to me that our rogue ones episode was just like if echo and wrecker had to talk for an hour together because it was like ha 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 so katie perry ca- katie perry and kasav and then also like negative and positive peace our our assignments have changed a little bit but i mean i think i think that's character development i think that's growth we did see some growth and character development with our bad batch characters so that's pretty epic um 
I think it's time for us to kind of like enter enter our wrap up, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, etc. Um, if we had like a particular favorite moment that we want to highlight. Um, I, I would like to start with, since every episode I love to be like, I love when we predict things and then end up being right. I would like to start with like, what are things that we predicted or thought were going to ha- happen and then they did or did not happen? So uh, I made a bingo sheet when we saw the trailer for the show. The trailer. So this was just all guesses, but I did manage to get a bingo. Um, it is on a technicality, but I will go through with it right now and explain myself. So, square one. Hunter is space Rambo. Pretty spell self-explanatory. Omega ages normally. Fennec is sent after the Bad Batch. Vague Omega ending, which I think just the ending in general for the Bad Batch, like we don't know, we're, we're assuming they go back to Ord Mantel, but we don't know what what the fuck they're gonna do post that um and then this is the one that was like a little like it's more of a technicality i said wolf and gregor but we did see gregor so i would call that a win i would call that a w you're doing really well so far i i would dave maloney yeah not dave maloney dave maloney get out of here um i was close to double bingo but dave did not get a fucking wolf in there so I will say, I mean, in terms of like favorite moments, or I, I like to pick a favorite episode, but genuinely I cannot remember all of them that I, like there were some that I'm like, what happened in episode 11? I have no idea. But um, I think episode seven is where Rex appears. Um, and I will say that was by far one of, if not my very favorite episode, I think we got the most interesting character moments, like with the chip storyline actually happening and like Wrecker going full evil Baymax was like a really actually tense set of scenes. And I was like, this is cool. Uh, that was also where we got our first Bad Batch LGBT character. Uh, I do not remember the name of the tentacle monster. It's I'm so called sorry. the Dianoga. Also, yeah, so I hate to break this to you, but no, our first Bad Tarkin. Batch LGBTQ <laughs> character was Tarkin in episode one. I'm not counting Tarkin. I am becoming actively homophobic. Um, towards the fact, that, the fact that these are both characters, well, technically it's not the same Dianoga, but these are both characters that we first meet in A New Hope on the Death Star. The Death Star said gay rights. <laughs> Oh, diversity no. win the um, planetary so, destroying weapon is operated by homosexuals okay, so i actually do have a fun fact about the death star i think you guys are gonna find very interesting so that there's know, a jacuzzi in it no okay so there's like a the laser that comes out of it right it is actually rainbow colored um it's just because of the old timey camera you can only see it being what is it red green i don't fucking remember that was supposed to be funnier than it actually was i'm so sorry it was uh, red, first of all. It's a gayification beam. It's not yeah. the... No, it's right, that's so laser, wait, 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 the gay dimension. The laser dimension. that leaves the that's, Death Star that blows yes. up a planet? Yes, it's the gay agenda. It's to turn the freaking frogs gay, but instead... I thought it was green. Star. Wait, am I hallucinating? That laser beam is green, right? No, it's it, it is. It, no, it, Ollie, it's green. You're gaslighting it's green. the fuck out of me. I right think now. Ollie might be colorblind. Let me check real quick. Let me... Let me check. Guys, it's my grandpa green. was colorblind. If I'm also colorblind, if I'm red, green, colorblind right now, I'm really worried because that's the no laser good. beam that comes out of the Death Star and blows up, like when it's it blows green. up Jetta. It's Hold green. On. Wait, no, Ollie, do you actually think this is red? Shit, it's green. <laughs> We're gatekeeping. What the wait? What the fuck? Why is it green? Why isn't it red? Red's bad. How did you color. think it was red? Because red's bad color. 
Yeah, but a lot of the lasers green. Yeah, all the lightsaber all the all the lasers that they shoot are are green except for a yeah, all the lightsabers they shoot are green. No, I better shoot lightsabers no, but, actually. Okay, okay, but I'm just saying, like, doesn't it make sense for it to be red? Because red evil. In no, Star, this Wars. Star Wars. There's a Star Wars. No, but the lasers sense. of the rebellion are red. Well, maybe because there's anyway, bad people on both sides. Show the bad batch. Anyways, let's get back to this fucking. I can't believe that we did. I, I, I don't know how to describe that. Did Ollie gaslight gatekeep girl boss themselves, or did we gaslight gatekeep yeah, girl boss them? No, they were gaslighting that- me for a second because they were like, "No, it's a red laser beam," and I was like, "It's fucking not." My point is that I like that episode a lot, and it was a good episode, and it was a fun time. I do. Um, wish that Rex had shown up more than like the hologram of him a little bit later. And also, um, I just want to put out there, I kind of wish that Fennec Shand was like a character. She showed up like what twice? She's and coming was, like, back. But I know, but I'm like, Bestie, where were you? Like return. Um that actually does bring me to my favorite moments. Um my favorite episodes, I think are episode four cornered. Um and episode nine, Bounty Lost, because both of them feature Fennec Shand. Um, and I don't think that's the reason that they're my favorite episodes. I think it's just because I really liked the, like, I like the episodic plot of them. Like, I feel like, I didn't feel like I was waiting for the next episode to see what happened. Like, the plot was enjoyable of those episodes. And now I'm like, how much of that was because Fennec Shand was there? Um, I am a Fennec stan, but I did also like those episodes a lot because I felt yeah. like they actually like moved the plot forward, which was something I, I liked in the episodes where that happened. Um, I also did want to say the episode that I think that like, I feel like we have not talked about it for a while, um, was episode two, Cut and Run. Um, Cut Queen is- That was very like, special. I also have a very deep, weird connection to that man because I remember watching that episode of The Clone Wars like- I must have watched that like 20 times when I was a kid. For some reason, I just loved that episode. Um, And seeing that man again made me feel like so excited and so like looking forward to the rest of the show. Like it really set a tone. Um, And he did give Hunter that little green number, which I'm obsessed with. So yeah, I feel like those are probably my top three episodes. Are you sure it was green? Could it have been red? Just out of curiosity. I feel like now that I've been re-watching things like the Clone Wars and Rebels, when I think about the cut and run episode, knowing what we know that happens later in this season and probably what's going to happen in later seasons, I feel like the cut and run episode in the way that it's very wholesome and also has very good early Hunter and Omega moments. It's like, you know, it's her little like, that's the first time seeing the sun moments and all this kind of stuff. And also like, you know, the that she's like doesn't want to get left behind everything like I feel like it's going to be extra heartbreaking to watch the further we uh, to rewatch the further we go and it's gonna have a lot more meaning um much like some things that occur in Rebels um so yeah I feel like that one's gonna have a special place in my heart a little bit um but I would say overall uh, the right Ry- the Ryloth the Ryloth arc stell stellar shit but I think the one I think that's my favorite, like, of this series, and that was one, I think I said it in that episode, it was the one where I was like, oh, this show is about Omega, and the rest of them are the supporting characters. 
um, was the one where we find out what she is. Where we find out that she's, it, she's, she's, Boba was Alpha. Hey, that is episode nine. It sticks in my mind, especially visually, it sticks in my mind because it's like the identity episode, just like Empire. Um, and again, Fennec Shand, uh, and Cad Bane. Like, there's, there was a, it, there, there was so much plot stuck in there, but also a lot of character moments for her. Um, and it just, um, it very much stuck in my brain. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Ryloth episodes, the Ryloth episodes had little moments like, you know, Hera and Omega being besties that make me want to sob when I think about it. Um, but yeah, I think that, like, of overall, like, quality, I'm gonna say episode nine. <laughs> my favorite episode is also probably episode nine. Uh, Mainly because we did get that one chrome <laughs> mention of Boba Fett, but also just because I don't know something about that episode was really fun. I could probably rewatch that episode several times. It was like I felt like a good mix of um, action and and drama and some fun lore drop that made it be like nice <laughs> chef's kiss. Good mid season finale. Hmm. Oh yeah, that was kind of like the mid-season, or only the one before because that was the yeah, one. Yeah, that technically was it's six. It's eight out of sixteen, and that's yeah. when Omega got kidnapped right. at the end. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the pacing of episode nine was just really good. Oh God, I was just thinking about episode eight. Now that is when Crosshair got crispified. <laughs> now looking back on that, it's still a little shocking that they were like, "Yeah, aim for the child." I was thinking about that episode recently because of that interview that came out with um, Jen and 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 Brad being like, um, there is like a, a noticeable change when it's Crosshair who is who is back and himself. And I do I assume that it is post crispification that that is when the chip came out um, and he started making these choices on his own. I th- I think that the no I think that it is noticeable post that episode that he is like the person in charge. I think my favorite episodes were the the Ryloth mini mini arc if you want to call it whatever. Um I I think one because Harrison Dula is like my third favorite Star Wars character. Of course, I'm going to be like any content with that woman fucking sign me up. Um but I also do think that um for at least the first part of those two episodes, it's not very bad batch centered. It still felt like a bad batch story if that makes sense, like how they were being wrapped into the story. I was like, okay, this makes sense. And then, you know, having that really raw and like beautiful moment between Omega and Hera of like, hey, like we are both kids who are going through some shit right now um, was really, really great. And it's one of my favorite scenes in the series, I think. Uh, I I was just thinking about that. And then plus that interview. And then also a Star Wars um, dot com, Star Wars dot com, Star Wars YouTube channel has like a TV, little show that they have where they talk about star wars properties um and it was announced and i'm assuming it was today that the video came out um that there's going to be a time jump in between season one and two and i'm very excited to see how large that time jump is if it is large at all because the idea of us going from like little little omega to like moody teen omega is very funny to me um because i would love for her i would i would love for her to get into some shenanigans with teen Hera, who's like i'm a pilot now um yeah yeah the interview did 
come out to, or the little Star Wars like news show came out today because apparently it comes out every Thursday. I just didn't know that. I don't pay attention. <laughs> I don't think the the time jump is going to be too big that where it would be like a significant like change in all of them because when they'd have to make like new models for the the characters especially if like Omega gets older and they've done like small little time jumps before and like rebels and things between seasons and it's not like Ezra suddenly was like a a whole ass adult just like his hair cut maybe Omega with a new haircut no the time jump just cuts to fucking crosshairs bleach skeleton again we said this last week when I'm bringing it up the 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 text crawl in the first episode but it just says tech has developed male pattern baldness and then pans to crosshairs bleach skeleton he already had it he has it now like, that was that's his actual defect it's nothing else he just has male not even being smart the rest of the bad batch is like sure tech thank okay, you like I they was, just pretend for his benefit i was watching the first episode today and while they're all having their little fight with um depa's squad um i was laughing because all tech did like i know he's smart but all tech did was put some bombs on some guys and then push a button and i was like dang someone gave him that and i was like here you go little buddy <laughs> To be fair, in the other episode no, on uh, I know. on Raxus, he does just like he, he doesn't give a shit. He he goes in like he. No, he I does. do. No, I know, I know. I'm just being annoying. Um, Claudia <laughs> being our resident tech defender means we I'm have in fact come him. full circle to the first I episode just, of this podcast. I just think he's funny. I just think the idea of tech being like, ah, oh, yes, I'm very smart and Echo looking, and he's like, you are playing Candy Crush. In the Jennifer and Brad interview, uh, they did confirm. Yes, Crosshair has had his chip removed because some people were like, did he really? Um, Like, they were like, yes, yes, he did. Um, So I'm glad we can put that fandom argument to rest. Please fucking put it to rest. I still see some of y'all being like, I don't know. I don't think I believe them. They're probably just trying to misdirect us. No, besties, they're trying to tell a good narrative story because they don't want to just pass it off as like, Oh, it's just his chip making him do bad thing. Oh, bad chip. Uh, and now he has no chip and he is a good boy. No, he, he got his chip removed and has still decided that I, I do not want to be a good boy. I want to be fascist. I like the idea that Crosshair's internal monologue is in fact narrated in that style of speaking. Like Crosshair fully is on the one of like the Star Destroyers. And he's like, I do not want to be good boy. I want to be fascist. And then like grabs a gun and is like, aim for the child not i can I have cheese, not i can have cheeseburger <laughs> crosshair no but i i will say i mean i liked them confirming that um add that to the list of things that i was accidentally right about because the entire time we've been watching this i was hypothetically like it'd be really interesting if the chips weren't a plot point and they just like were doing their own thing and i guess that dave filoni does live in my walls because he was like that's a good idea and then did that no, Jennifer does. Yeah, Jennifer's been listening to you. I, the way that I'm like, what's that scratching sound in my in the crawl space of my house? And it's Jennifer being like, nothing. Go back to bed. I do like that. Yeah, they they didn't want to use the chips as like a thing because they're like, it feels kind of like cheap to just like blame it all on the chips. And also, it's more interesting to like show the effects of the chips on all these different clones. Like they did like compare Hauser to crosshair being like you see there's like clones that their chips are like wearing off on them and they have decided like oh yeah wait this is wrong and then meanwhile there's crosshair who has no chip and is like wait actually i'm still gonna do this shit 
I will not rehash my crosshair thoughts, but I will say I find it extremely funny uh, that the writers of the show put someone in the narrative to be like, see, even with the chip, you can make morally good choices, but crosshair doesn't have one and still chose the wrong thing. And hundreds of people watched that and they were like, I'm going to close my eyes for this part and tune back in when I want to deal with that later. What is Star Wars if not that scenario happening over and over and over again and people being too obtuse to get it? Something I did want to say is one of the big things that I went into the Bad Batch hoping for was some more explanation about the clones post Order 66. Um, That's like a huge part of Star Wars lore that we hadn't explored so much. The closest we really have in canon is rex and wolf and gregor in rebels saying like yeah this happened but they never really get like here's the immediate impact and here's what we were kind of dealing with and here's how the chip affected people um because again as we see like people like hauser who have the chip and maybe it's degraded like as time goes on but he's like yeah no i can still tell right from wrong even with the chip um which makes me even more excited to see i know in season two or like at the very least before the end of the show we are gonna see wolf And I know we are going to see Wolf being like, hey, I had a chip and I did kill my Jedi and he was like my dad. And now I'm extremely traumatized. But now that we have confirmation that the chip does either wear off or other than their presence, like close to a Jedi or a Jedi sympathizer, like it doesn't have as strong of an effect. Like seeing a clone who was close to their Jedi is going to be extremely difficult to handle. So I'm really excited to see how we get from Wolf, who assume like I assume followed order 66 to wolf and rebels I'm very excited and I would like to see Cody I would like to see how he's dealing with that because canonically um he and Obi-Wan were very close so let's see I think that that is um probably a good segue into talking about some of the things that like our our overall narrative likes and dislikes about the show um, which I'm happy to start out with because I did have a lot of them. I will say um, most of my big criticisms of the narrative immediately changed when I learned we were getting a season two of the show because a lot of my problems were with the pacing of character development and that changes a lot when you have more episodes to do. Like back when I thought this was going to be one season and we were halfway through it, I was like, what is happening? Like what is going on with the plot? What's going on with the characters? Now that we have a season two, I am less concerned about that. Um, That said, please give Echo lines. I think we only heard this man like talk about himself maybe twice. And one of those contexts was him being like, I still hate separatists. And then being like, except for this one separatist who is fine, actually. And I, I want his character to be explored as like the last of the regs that we are seeing aside from Wolf and Gregor. I, I I do I I do think Echo Echo's gonna have his Sabine moment like in either next season or the season after like they're like we gotta get a lot of plot shit we gotta get a lot of uh, stuff with our main people out of the way but like Echo's our special boy and we're definitely gonna ha- we're definitely gonna have something like I, I definitely think we're gonna have some some very special boy moments for him I think I think it's coming I think it's it, it it's coming I am excited because of how um Jennifer and Brad did say yeah that there'll be more like characters showing up again in like season two ones that we've already seen obviously show up in season one which is makes me hopeful for seeing um Hera and the Sindulas again in the Hauser maybe but then also they're like um characters that you all know but have not appeared yet in this show so I'm just like please if I don't see Cody I'm gonna cry 
I'm gonna cry. Please I, just let me see him. I, I just want to say on Cody in general, like, I, I was thinking about Kenobi because there are rumors that it has recently wrapped filming. If we don't get Cody in the Bad Batch, and then in, in if in Kenobi we don't even acknowledge Cody or even the clones in any way, shape, or form, that will be my Joker origin story. Same, same. I, I cannot comprehend, or, or of Ahsoka either, I cannot comprehend of them only just dealing with like his loss of Anakin and not of like his love for Ahsoka, his love for the rest of the Jedi, his family, his love for the 212th and Cody, obviously. Um, I, like, it is going to be my Joker origin story, um, and I think, and that would really fucking suck, and it is one thing that I am very afraid of. Um, but, I mean, I guess it'll be my consolation prize if I get Cody in the Bad Batch, but. So I think you guys are forgetting that we actually did establish the way that Cody's going to come into the show, and that's through Obi-Wan Kenobi's boyfriend graveyard, which is in yes. his backyard. Oh my god, Tatooine. fuck off, Noah, fuck off. No, I just wanted to, like, talk about more fucking possible characters that I'd like to see um show up in the Bad Batch. Like, I've been saying since um episode nine, when they did throw us that crumb, we're like, here, we're going to name drop Boba Fett, and then we just never touch on that again, please. Let me see Boba, but not Woba. He better be like correctly tanned Boba Fett. <laughs> and um, Cad Bane and Fennec show up again. I'd like to like see the whole like bounty hunters like shit like get wrapped up or like what's going on there because they're like, oh yeah, here we're establishing a plot and um, we'll see you guys next time <laughs> when we come back. Probably we're gonna finish talking about um. Omega and the, and the Bad Batch and deal with the Camino stuff now. We'll come back to this later, but just know it's here. We've planted a seed. We'll come back to this. I I would also say I know that there's going to be a time skip, so we're thinking they're probably not going to make new models. Speaking of Woba, I would love if between seasons they corrected the whitewashing problem of basically the entire cast. I don't, I don't work in animations. So I wouldn't know, but I can't think it's that hard of a fix to just give them the correct skin tones because it's like, a, it was such a huge problem this entire season. And I could not stop noticing it every single time they were on screen. Uh, literally, literally, I, I was going to mention this when we got to the things we didn't like the part. Cause I love pretty much every piece of this show Except for that, like every time they would be on screen, I'd be like, Bestie, I love you so much, but why? 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 Crosshair, why do you look like Mike Pence? Tech, why do you look like Griffin McElroy? I hate this. I hate it so much. Yeah, if we're if we're getting into our like little critique time, um, I feel I let me enter my real crosshair era. Um Truly, because what really stopped me from enjoying this show and to the extent that I think a lot of people enjoyed this show um, is the whitewashing. It it got to a point where I was like, I mean, it got to a point in episode one is the problem for me um, that I, I watched this show because I was like, I every single thing about this show is interesting to me, right? The the time period in which it is set, the people that it is about, um even though I, I could make an argument about, like, Clone Force 99 and, like, what necessarily is going on there. There's some interesting things about, like, what is 
breeding desirability and like hey bestie that kind of sounds like eugenics um but we'll 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 step away from that even um there are so many things that this show really could have been for me personally and then it really did not deliver on that and uh and just like these are just like some some white fellas um and so yeah it's one of those things where i'm like if if this problem is not resolved i the, the the thing is is that i have a star wars podcast where we cover media star wars media i don't know if i watch it i genuinely that is something that it's it's stopping me that much of like i'm like i i don't know if i have a desire to watch this if for a second season if that is what happens and i know that that's a very serious turn um to be taking it's, it's one of those things where i'm like i it genuinely has bothered me uh to an extent that i've not gone into um but it does oh mel i think you're um perfectly valid for feeling that way because it is shitty that they they don't look like 10 really like skin tone wise they're like and oh god i'm thinking about fucking wayne in again or sorry no, Wayland I, doom that's literally what i was gonna bring like like Kanan Jarrus is my favorite fucking he's my favorite character he's in my top five and when he showed up and he looked like a young Obi-Wan like I was it it put aside the fact that it's wrong or racist or let's take that part aside and let's just take apart the thing of like you want to make something that's good that people are watching and be immersed in um it took me right out it took me right out I was like oh I was like, I should be fucking ecstatic right now that I'm, well, then I'm about to watch Order 66 and be fucking sad and whatever and whatever. And then I guess not ecstatic is not the word, but like, I should be, I should be having a lot of emotions that are not, why the, who's my baby is this? Like, I couldn't even enjoy this incredibly good, well-written emotional thing because I, the whole time I was like, okay, this is, this is good, but. Why does he look like that? No. Uh, no. Like, like the, I, I mean, what was really revolutionary about Rebels was, like, everyone in that show is ethnic. Oh, no so white people on the ghost. There's no white people on the ghost. And then, and then it was, like, so anyway, Wayne in. And I was, like, what? And it was just, like, it was kind of, like, salt in the wound because we already, like, why is the batch white? And they were, like, why is Kanan? white it, it was just like really so i i'm glad that people have made a really big deal about it so that it's like it's a it's the major it's a major narrative so that maybe they will listen for season two maybe hopefully um but i also have no hope but but for for me from a from a critic perspective i'm like it t- it takes takes me out the story it takes people out the story and it in it all the other wonderful work that is done on the show all the crazy good animation all the writing all the interesting shit whatever like then you don't get to enjoy any of it because of something like that and it's just it's just a shame it's just a shame because there's so much so much good work that goes into it because you're like okay well why is he look like that though yeah and not to beat a dead horse or anything um but i think there is definitely something that you know it affects the narrative um considering i i just rewatched the first episode and i was very um shocked by white caleb doom that did throw me a lot because i forgot how bad it was um but i think 
the thing that really gets me too is there's that scene where they're with the regs in the cafeteria and I'm like this really like the politics of this changes completely when you have all of them being the lightest people in this room surrounded by a bunch of clearly like men of color who clearly look obviously they I think there's been a problem with whitewashing the clones in all of Star Wars since you know since the Clone Wars like Rex in season seven I love you but you are extremely pale um but having the Bad Batch there as like the heroes against all of these annoying regular people like you have all of the clones who are all following orders who are the you know the standard the regs who are lame and not like the Bad Batch and I know that's like the point of the I think that that's probably like they're hopefully they will talk about that more in season two but having the non-important clones all be like significantly darker toned and significantly look a little like more like Tamara Morrison than the batch does that creates some pretty messed up politics and it's something that again like it changes how you view the scene and I don't believe that that was intentional so like that's the thing it's like if you were doing it from an intentional perspective and you were actually going to talk about it still not good but at least there'd be a reason. And for this, it just seems like they were like, we want our main characters to be lighter so white people can relate to them, which is stupid, but you know, it's it changes how you view the story. It also becomes this thing of like, I think I think a lot of people's excuses are like, oh, it's character design. Like you need to be able to recognize like who is who. Bitch, you can figure out who the fuck it is based on the color of their goddamn uniform. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Um, but yeah, I, I think that does, I think it unintentionally says something about desirability once again of like white is desired um these special abilities are desired fuck these these brown people um and then also i think to some lesser extent like the clones don't super look like tem i don't think personally um i think there's some just the key differences in like the shape of their brow and the shape of their nose that i'm like "Mm, mm." like i will i will i will watch this because it is something I care I have so invested so much time about and I do care about these characters but goddamn, you make it you why are you making it so difficult to do this and this is often a symptom that happens when you have not the people who are not being represented are not writing their own stories there's a thing when non-Jewish people write Jewish characters and they do it really badly because they don't know enough about us as a people or about us as a culture to write it correctly. So they end up writing a story about a bunch of heroic goy that saved the sad, sad Jewish people. And similarly, when you have a nearly all white writer's room, and perhaps most importantly, a writer's room that does not include indigenous people in a story about indigenous people, you end up failing at that. I'm just saying that if Star Wars wants to crack this problem, you could hire indigenous writers. Karen Travis moment. Oh my God. Don't bring that woman. Oh God. While I haven't started the High Republic books, whatever, something that was very important about the High Republic is that a lot of the uh, the authors that are involved, they are uh, they are people of color. Like, but th- a thing that they have emphasized the entire time is that they have created these stories not only with diversity in mind, but like being like po- being politically in mind. Like, like not just like oh, we are going to make sure we have a diverse cast of characters. That it was a part of the whole concept for the story 
I mean, this is this is why, you know, I I have a little bit of hope for the Acolyte show because they talked about it in a, in, in a lot of ways the same way that the authors of the High Republic were talking about, thinking of like, no, Star Wars is political. We have to think of it this way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, I do have, I did have a lot of hope in some ways, but then there's other, Star Wars consistently over and over again. And we've had these, we've had, We've had this same conversation with the sequel films where they were like, we're going to have a diverse cast of characters to be our, 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 our main characters, whatever. And it's like, okay, so what does it mean when you have a character who's a former stormtrooper who's a black man? It's like a package. You can't just like, they can't just like be mushed together. Really quick. One more thing I did want to say about this is the thing that really frustrates me is when people say, well, what did you expect from Disney? Um, Yeah, I mean, good question, because here's the thing. If you're looking for queer stories or you're looking for stories about like marginalized groups, the best place to go for that is to smaller creators or like creators who are a member of that group. That being said, big corporations can be held accountable for their actions. Big corporations, like regardless of what people might think they should do better and we deserve better and not just me like we but like like the fact everyone give them a pass is yeah like... exactly it's like that is the biggest corporation and disney doing something is going to have a bigger impact than a small lgbt creator despite how good that lgbt creators thing might be it is not going to have the reach or the impact and this is one of the things i'm going to get into my i'm so sorry rise of skywalker moment um but having like the two women kiss in the background great you're going to edit it out in countries where that's illegal, what they should have done and what you would do if you were a good person who, you know, wasn't a corporation. You would say, you don't get our movie if you don't allow us to have that. Because the push for like, we want to see Star Wars is probably going to, there's going to be pushback. I know it's different. I know there's politics in different countries. Obviously that's there. And I know it's much, much deeper than that. That being said, what gets me is that people do not expect these corporations to do better when we know they can and they should they should be held accountable yeah um so the fun thing about disney is that it does have um a chokehold on the representation of pacific islanders total think of think of every pacific islander character you know quickly how many of them are from a disney movie most of fucking them so the fact that you so you can do moana you can see okay there are different shades of brown people in the pacific you can have tem in that goddamn movie but then the 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 people that are based off of that gentleman oh so you can't so fuck you actually um disney meet me in the goddamn pit so the one thing i will commend this show to the ends of the earth about is the fact that it did introduce me to my favorite polycule in all of Star Wars, the Syndulla polycule. Um, I really cannot stress enough how much space this this godforsaken ship keeps in my mind. Because the idea, it's just very powerful. Um, and so I would like to thank the Bad Batch for, for doing that. Um, positive? No. But, uh, Jess? A thing I liked is... It did give us Omega and like um Omega being an epic girl boss. So that's like nice for all the little girls out there who'd like to see more representation for themselves. Not the Ahsoka or anyone else who's been like like Ray or Leia or anyone. 
didn't exist because they do exist but just an actual like little girl not like a, a teen or like um young adult woman uh but a little girl doing fun cool like adventure things and actually being helpful and not just being like oh here's this kid and they're kind of like have to be rescued all the time because they're a child <laughs> and also she like showed that she was probably the most emotionally mature and also <laughs> The smartest out of all of them because sometimes the patch was kind of stupid. Well, she's also the oldest. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, Echo is debatably could be the same age as her. So Echo and Omega, you two oldest siblings vibes. One thing I do love that now both the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch have done where they're like, this is a badass show about some dudes. And then the show premieres and they're like, this is about a baby. Um, and, and especially in the case of, uh, the Bad Batch, they were like, oh, this is fully about her. Everybody else is a side character. Uh, this is fully about her. You've been played. Um, which I, I think is very powerful. It's very powerful. And I, I love the, I love the marketing switch up. Like, I was, and I've said this before too, like, I was one of those people who was like, not another show about all dudes, whatever. And then it was like, surprise, shut it. Like, it was, and and also, like, and even when in every, in a bunch of episodes, they found ways to fit in other female characters in there. They were like, this is about four men and a baby. However, we are going to put women in this as much as we can. And I was like, you know what? I do. Res I respect that very much. You got, you were talking about um women. And then I started thinking about Sid because I was just like, oh, yeah, they did introduce us to cool um uh, gay protectors, Sid, queer elders, Sid. And uh, this has nothing to do with me. I was just thinking about other Trandoshans in Star Wars, like Bosk and then um, Skier in the High Republic. And how come Sid doesn't like do the whole like snake kind of like. Because she's gay. Speak. Well, here's the thing. Well, to be fair, so is Bosk. Um, but here's my thing is. I like to think it's kind of like Yoda because we know that like Yaddle doesn't talk like that. I'm sure Grogu's going to talk normal because he's raised by people who talk like normal basic. Oh, it's like um, Jar Jar. Like not all Gungans talk like that either. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I very much enjoy the idea of Sid being like, yeah, they're just, it's a different dialect. I, which I, or she I, like, lost her accent when she moved to Ord Mantel. Like, you know how like Arinda, <laughs> Arinda. Epic <laughs> I do like the idea too. Um, I have now decided that Tech and Cross are both fake their accents to be different. Um, so I do think we should get more fake accents in Star Wars. I think that would be nice. Um, Hera's obviously great representation. Um, Arinda Price. Is Damn, I wish French people were real. I, the way I was about to say love Harris and Dula, wish French people were real. Oh my God. We didn't cut up have an Irish accent. Yeah, yes, he did. Did. yeah. Also, yeah they just fake accents sense they want to be different and this is what i'm talking about next season let's get a little bit more clone culture let's hear from my boy echo see what like what his culture? deal is what's it? i want them to speak mandoa please every time i read a fan fiction where they have a clone speaking mandoa i'm like shut the fuck up like that was all legends which was good but i'm also like goddamn you can tell you're like ooh, different language sexy like fuck off goddamn it's like I the same people the not to bring up fucking 
the bad show <laughs> but when they would have that one character who's blue speak in a spanish speak spanish randomly in the middle of a sentence i'd be like fuck off and that's what i'm getting with the clones being like actually we also speak mando i'm like fuck until it happens in canada if i see one more of you bitches having one of the clones use like regular ass to be fair like, it does happen in canon Django does talk to boba in, in that's, Mandela, in, that's in the son, movie not the clones I, okay, here's, oh, here's, sorry, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Here's, here's my here's my funny concept though. Uh, I would like to suggest the Duolingo Mandoa, and <gasps> I would like to suggest that all the clones are taking it the way that all my Jewish friends are currently taking Yiddish, and they know like four words, and they're all wrong. So Cody <laughs> tries to be like sexy to Obi Wan and say like a word in Mandoa, and Obi's like. That does not mean what you think. I do like Obi Wan being fluent in Mandoa, and Cody's like, "Yeah, I speak. I speak. Yeah, exactly." He's like, "Yeah, I speak Mandoa," and starts talking, and Obi Wan's like, "Oh my god, that is so." Cody's trying to be like, "You, my lover, everything," and Obi Wan's like, "You just said that you saw a truck, so I want you to ask." I've read, I've read many of fic like this where they're like, "Oh yeah, they they like learned and and spoke Mandoa like uh, on Camino and then and then you know off Camino whatever." But like because they've been with it, within their own so much, like they have their own special dialect. I've read some like extreme world building fic uh, going on, but like they have that they have their own dialect and and like um, that basically like other Mandalorians don't fucking understand at this point, which I do love. Um, I love very much i would anyway i would love to get into the linguistics yeah i just would like to see mando developed as an actual language because there are fantasy languages out there but can finish developing Mandoa. pov fen rao is your Mandoa teacher stop <laughs> you know? fen rao teaching Mandoa on camino like he's, it's high school spanish literally <laughs> literally he's the fucking white spanish teacher <laughs> okay we had one of those in my high school and he was like you will address me as professor <laughs> <laughs> wait i do like the idea senior rao is everything to me <laughs> senior hola senior rao como estas tu hoy People who know me know that um, Din Djarin being uh, Ma- Mandalorians being Latino and Din Djarin being, it's being, <laughs> being Spanish is very important to me. So the idea of um, f- not only Fen Rao being your uh, white Spanish teacher, but f- like from Spain, like he's white and he's not speaks- Espana. <laughs> yes, yes, he teaches in like Barcelona. The reason that the think- ma- fucking the fucking clones Mandoa dialect is so different is because Fen Rao. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I studied abroad on on Mandoa. Fen Rao's like, oh, like, <laughs> like, "Cómo estás?" And fucking Cody says that, and Obi Wan's like, "Who the fuck taught you how to say that?" The idea that Boba speaks like actual Mandoa because Django teaches it to him, and then like the clones are like, "Oh my god, another one of us!" And they're like, "Hi," and he's like, "What the fuck?" Are you that's okay. Do you guys me? remember the arc where he tried to kill Mace Windu in Clone Wars? That's how the other the other like cadets find out that he's not one. Yeah, they're just them. like, "Lucky, why the fuck are you speaking like that?" The other I clones guess... in that episode actually bully him because they're like, "You don't know how to speak Mandoa," unlike us who's fluent in it. He's like, "You guys are fucking dumb." The way that I, I hate the idea of. I did just come to the realization that Fenro and Jago Fed didn't most, they must have met at least once think, in that Hey, 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 do you think they explored I, each other's bodies? I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to ask that fucking question. Um, I, I, since we're talking about Boba, um, 
do we want to talk about our speculation for the Book of Boba Fett and how it may connect to the Bad Batch? Yeah. I'm always down to talk about Boba and <laughs> and how Omega might be connected. Your Winter Soldier trigger <laughs> yeah. words. My, my trigger words are Cody and, and Boba Fett. Oh my god, if Omega shows up in Book of Boba Fett, I will... Um, that's gonna be my joker that's my thing that I'm very scared of is who they would cast to play Omega Um, I also do like the idea of her at the point of Book of Boba Fett she was like I'm Omega but you can call me Meg because that's a demeaning Omega's a demeaning name that's not my name (laughs) I took Greek in in high school so I know that's not cool yeah she's like I want a cool name All all my brothers picked out a cool name I'm I'm picking at a cool name. Probably Book of Boba Fett might have like flashbacks. If there are flashbacks that include Omega, I will go insane. So here's the thing that I was just thinking about now. If Omega's like, I want a cool name like my brother's, she's going to be like, all of you guys are named after like basically your function. So she's going to be like, hi, I'm bow and arrow. <laughs> not her saying I'm Katniss. She's just, I'm Bo. No, she says, I'm not Bo. Bo, Boba, and Bo-Katan? No, I'm, I'm ending it all. No, That's the three genders. Bo, Boba, and Bo-Katan. I was going to say she walks in and she's like, yeah, this is Hunter, Tech, um, Wrecker, and I'm Girl Boss. I love tie-ins to animation and um, live action because it does like, I hate to say this because people don't value animation at the same level they value live action. So it's nice to see like, like when Bo-Katan was in The Mandalorian and it was like, haha, you're not really going to understand this unless you watch Clone Wars and Rebels. Like, I think that that's really cool. And it kind of urges people to say, hey, like these things have value and they have story and they're interesting and they're canon. So on that hand, I would like to see Omega in the Book of Boba Fett. Um, or I would like to see Fennec like reference the Bad Batch in Book of Boba Fett. I'm also just scared as to how, how they would cast her because I feel like that would be extremely, like that could be deeply troubling if they are not careful. Something I did re- do really appreciate about the Bad Batch um, is that it really cemented Dave and co being like, you better not have skipped an episode, bitch. You better have watched every single morsel of these of the canon shows, whatever. Um, pay attention. We're going to bring back characters from early seasons of the Clone Wars. We're going to have little details. Pay attention, bitch. Like, it, it really was like, uh-uh. No skipping, which I I very much appreciate. I love very much. Um, but I, I think it would also be very powerful if Bo- if uh, Omega showed up um, as one of Grogu's many lesbian aunts in Ma- The Mandalorian Season 3. She just pops up as another random woman that Din encounters and is like, y- you're a powerful woman with a gun. Can you help me? No, I think it would be really fun if they did do like a flashback thing from Boba's childhood and we see like... <laughs> baby omega just if i don't see some iteration of boba and omega meeting at least once whether it be in the book of boba fett or bad batch i'm gonna riot i think if they did like um show omega and book of boba fett i'd better like also get a crumb in the bad batch being like oh yeah we actually maybe met during the Bad Batch to tune into season two of that to find out. I do like that this thing that Jess has proposed in which the Book of Boba Fett is basically just a teaser, an advertisement 
fourth season two of The Bad Batch. <laughs> um, okay, I do but- like that a lot. That's very powerful. What are our final thoughts on season one of The Bad Batch? What are our predictions? Let's go around, besties. It was a show I watched it. Okay, well, I'll go. I'll have an actual thing to say. I really liked it. Um, I think it obviously had some problems that we talked about. Um, I think the animation was really good. I think like the overarching ideas that they dug into a little bit are really interesting. I would really like to see us get a bit more substance. Um, I know they had to set a lot of stuff up. I kind of wish we had known it was getting a season two um, a little earlier in the season because I did get a little bit pessimistic there for a while that it was going to be one season and it was going to be bad. Um, I like the concepts. I really like exploring this time of the empire. Um, I also just, I've been enchanted by the characters. Like, I think that they're interesting. I think they're fun. I'd really like to see some more character driven stuff. And obviously I'd like to see them fix the way that they look to make them actually look like how they should. But overall, like, I enjoyed it. I'll be looking forward to season two. I hope they make some improvements and I hope they take into consideration the stuff that a lot of people have been saying and like what needs to be fixed. Um, I don't want to take up too much more time. Also, I did rewatch episode one shortly before we're recording. The music is so good. That is by far, I think, the best thing about this show. Um, Yeah, I just really, I love the music. I like the characters. I enjoyed it. Some stuff needs to change, but I think it's good. I like Star Wars when it is political, and so I loved this. Um, And I think that's why the stuff like the whitewashing and the implications that it had on screen was so disappointing, um, because it pulled you out, because then it it created issues that, you know, were not intended, um, or were, God forbid. Um, So... I I love I loved that they were like we are going to explore this period of time like I was joking I was like joking with my mom <laughs> actually I was like you know we always have an epic fascism te- TED talk every week and it's not just because like we like to talk about that it's really because that is what the show is about uh it is about the foundation of a fascist empire and what that means and that I I'm sure we would discuss that if this was another show or whatever, especially if, it, if we were doing this podcast during Rebels, for example, or something like that. But I think um, it is very inherently political, and I, I, I love it. I love, and I remember I wasn't excited about this show because I was like, not another show about dudes. Um, but then I was like, oh, I do love clones, though. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, the concept is this that it's about the. It's about the clones dealing with the fallout of the, the political, you know, foundation of the empire, whatever. It's like, this is exactly my shit. Absolutely. 100%. I am on board. Um, and then I got the wonderful surprise of Omega, um, which we talked about a little bit. So, yeah, I am 100% on board. The music, the music across Star Wars is always what makes it great. I feel like a lot of Star Wars is just like fucking two pieces like pieces of string stringing some good and some bad together 
Um, and the only thing that really keeps you there sometimes is the music. Like, you'd be like, this is the stupidest shit possible. And then they put in an absolute banger. And you're like, I'm sitting here. I'm crying. I'm emotional. This is the best thing I've ever seen. Whatever. So I, the music is always, for me, a key, key, key point of Star Wars and why it lives rent fucking free in my brain. And it was very much in concert with some absolutely beautiful animation. Shout out to them having a lot of money. Um, which is also why it's very, very frustrating that they didn't make the clones the correct color. You're like, you could have, like, light, da like, dappled light through the trees, but they couldn't be the right color. Um, so yeah, I, I, it is, it is just everything I love in Star Wars. Uh, and it is, I guess it's quintessentially Star Wars in that it has everything that I like. Um, and everything that fucking frustrates me all at once, so. I should just note that I don't really have any final thoughts. I was a show that I liked. I'm sorry. Mel? <laughs> I cannot keep my shit together. I've got nothing to say about this show. I'm so sorry. Uh, overall, I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. The animation, like um, Claudia and Alia pointed out, was really, really pretty. Really good shit right there. Shout out to the animators. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, the score was really good. I thought the pacing could have been better. Like, I wish they would have told us, yeah, that's there was going to be a season two because it felt like the pacing was... Eh, especially when you're like thinking there's not going to be a second season and you're just like, what the fuck is happening in this show? Yeah, same. Uh, but... That's basically it, and I I do hope that they try to fix some of their shit for season two. And if I don't see fucking Cody, I I'm just not gonna be a Star Wars fan anymore. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's gonna be weird not doing Cody Watch until like Kenobi or Bad Batch comes out. I mean, I I might do Clone Watch or Omega Watch for Book of Boba Fett, but it's it's not the same. Welcome to Is It Legends or Did I Just Make It Up? Clone Edition. To celebrate the Bad Batch ending, I figured we would <laughs> just celebrate it ending. <laughs> to celebrate season one of the Bad Batch, I figured I would bring some clone-related legends stories to the table. Um, the way that this works is if you're a first-time listener, um, one of our hosts, in this case me, will compile a bunch of things. Some might be from Star Wars Legends, some we just made up as, as it says on the tin, and everyone will have to guess if it is Legends, or if I did in fact just make it up. Are we ready to get started? In Legends, during the late period of the Clone Wars, the Galactic Republic military deployed millions of additional clone troopers fully grown in a year um, by Arcanian microtechnologies on Syntax 2. During the Clone Wars, Syntax 2 was used by the Republic for military staging and fleet maintenance. It was also the location of Supreme Chancellor Palpatine's secret clone army. 
I'm going to go with that this is real since I've been delving into uh, Wikipedia recently uh, because people were telling me about fucking Luke. Luke with two U's. What do you guys think, though? Do we I think th this is, I'm feeling so, this is real. So here's my thing. Could you repeat the type of cloning technology that they allegedly use in this magic planet? Arcanian microtechnologies. Okay. That's actually the company. So I'm really getting some World of Warcraft vibes from that that word. And <laughs> at the last time that I had a the last time that I had a suspicion that this that a word Ollie was using was a lie because it was from fucking World of Warcraft. It kind of sounded like that. So I don't know where to stand on this. See, I'm like struggling to figure this out because on one hand, it sounds stupid enough where like, yeah, that could be legends. But then what if Ollie's playing a trick and has changed like one single thing? So it's just like, hmm. We're on the same page, Jess, because that was yeah. my exact thought. Because it's very on brand for Ollie to get like a very factual retelling and then change a word and be like, hmm, I bamboozled you, didn't I? <laughs> my inclination is to say that this is something Ollie made up a piece of and thus part of it is real, but some of it is not. And I, my gut is never right, but I am going to stick to it for this and say that Ollie made it up. Yeah, I'm going to side with Noah because I'm a contrarian. So sorry, Noah and Claudia. So here's the thing. Um, if I'm going to switch out a word, it's funny. I didn't think there was anything funny because this is legends. Um, Calvatine did have a fun little secret clone army. Um, that was fun fact. Um, they were genetically modified to age to adulthood in a year. Yeah. You said that. And I was like, so that's fucking insane. Yeah. It's pretty what? bad. There's a lot wow, of like, like resume from Twilight. Get resume <laughs> out of here. There's a lot of also like really bad, like messed up stuff. And I'm like, hmm, this is not good in legends. In the 2008 Nintendo DS game, Star Wars The Clone Wars Jedi Alliance, the player teams up with Captain Rex and Commander Cody to track down General Grievous. When the boss fight triggers, Commander Cody will enter a mode called defensive by the game's code. Only if Obi-Wan is on your team. I want to believe this so bad. I, I don't remember this game coming out though, and it would have come out when I was a kid and I have no memory of it even existing. So yeah, that's... Can, I, can I bridge the question of, was this at least a real game? I will confirm this is a real game. I actually okay. have this game. Wait, this is a real game? It is wow, a real How did I not know about this game? When it's for the Nintendo DS. It was also, I will let you guys know, it was a console, ver like a port for like, there's a console version and then they made a DS version. I don't know if that's violating the rules by saying that that is a real game. I don't think so because it's more about what's happening in the game than it being like a real thing. Much like yeah, name that, that ship, it's about the story. Correct. So Cody this enters defense mode when Obi-Wan's on your it's, team. It's defensive mode. I, I'm going to say this is false only because Ollie did admit that they own this game. And so they definitely could be like, I know what happens here and I am going to fuck with them. <laughs> I mean, I am a gamer. I'll come out and say that. That's yeah. what, this is my coming out, my coming out episode. Be you who know you no. are. <laughs> and you know that's my weakness. Like, I want this to be true, too, because the Cody Wan shipper in my heart would think that's, like, more fuel to the fire. But I don't know if, like, fucking actual, like, Star Wars would do something like that. On one hand, like, yeah, Cody, that is his his general. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's it's made up. I think Ollie made this up. 
the thing that is funny to me about it is the phrase defensive because it does sound as opposed to like cody defending obi-wan it is like he is defensive about obi-wan like anakin is like oh y'all fucking and he's like no i've never met this man in my life what are you talking the thing is that like cody goes into defensive it just sounds like a thing that would be in a game manual that said the reason i have doubts about this is because this this game came out the same year that the clone wars tv show started and i don't think that cody was enough of like a character for this to logically have been a thing right so you know cody was on the front of the season one dvd of clone wars not like with other characters it's literally just cody just so you know cody was like an important character in like they did value him in the clone you know what here's the thing i want to believe this so bad that i'm gonna say that it's a real thing for my own heart and i will not believe you if you say that it's fake we have three notoriously big cody one shippers in this so is this like fan service to them or is this something that's so truly wild? I'm gonna say that. Wait, quick question: Who are the three? <laughs> yeah, Everyone's, I thought we were I, all Cody Wan. It's everyone but me. It's not that I am not a Cody Wan shipper. I just don't think I'm as big of a Cody Wan oh, shipper as everyone else. There's okay. There's because there's five. I was like, which one of the four of us are you not counting? And then I realized it's because I did the quest. I think that it is Legends. Everyone locked in. Um. I made it up entirely. Um, (laughs) Also, here's the thing. I actually don't even know. The only thing I do know about this game is that there is a moment that decanonizes the episode where Grievous kills Kid Fisto's bad one. Um, I played it very briefly. I don't think I finished it. I don't. I think I got to a part where it was too hard and I stopped playing because I was You know what? I don't even care. This is canon in my brain and that's where it matters. Jess, Jess, did you say it was canon or that Ollie made it up? I said Ollie made it up. Before perfecting the Django clones, the Kaminoans also took DNA samples from Jedi Knight Fallon Gray, which they used to create twin Force-sensitive clones called X1 and X2. The two served Palpatine until 10 BBY, when they had a falling out resulting in X1 murdering X2 on Mustafar. X1 then worked with the warlord Nuso Esva to conquer the unknown regions until his death in 1 BBY before Esva's empire entered its war with Thrawn's shadow empire. I'm going to say this is true. This feels very true. I'm also It does feel very legendsy, so I'm <laughs> I'm going to commit to it being legends even though I'm going to regret that choice. You've said the weird bug man's name and so I do trust that this is legends. Okay, so yeah, you brought up the fucking bug man and his <laughs> weird thing with Thrawn, which is making me lean towards like legends. But I don't know if like if you've changed anything from the beginning. But then again, none of it really was funny. And you said in the first one, or <laughs> if you change something, it's to make it funny. And I'm just like, hmm. Mm, what, what seems were- like, it seems like Timmy and his too many clones era. That's why it feels real. What were, what was the, what were the, the, the clone twins name? X1 yeah. and X2. After that's, the X, after the X-Men movie? That's yeah, as that's, stupid as Luke Yeah, the X2 use. clone is the one, the X2 clone actually slides through doors instead of walking through them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
let's just go to three for three. I think I'll make this song. I'm just gonna keep okay. going. So everyone thinks it's legends except for Jess. Yeah, um, unrelated, but X2 did make me gay. You can move on. Yeah, now. no, that's actually I feel like X2 also made me gay. So actually, that is legends. Ayo! Part of it is legends. It's actually I made it up. <laughs> What? Gotcha. <laughs> no. well, so the first the part, right? So here's the thing: X one and X two are real, um, but I did just entirely fabricate. I believe one did die on Mustafar. Um, I did entirely fabricate um, Nuso Esva because I know we have some listeners who appreciate Legends Thrawn, so that one's for you guys. Oh wait, um, so the four sensitive twins were they were, were true, but they like were Nuso involvement my 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 inclination that this was fake i did i did say i'm like i'm gonna say this legends and then regret that my inclination that this was fake is because it sounded alarmingly similar to one of the major plot lines in the old republic video games so i was like hmm minus the mustafar part this lines up pretty well actually i do believe that this is this lore is based in those games (laughs) So I could be wrong. I just read it on Wikipedia. In Legends, Clone Commander Faye served under Oppo Rancisis during the height of the Clone Wars. He was deployed alongside Quinlan Boss multiple times, the last time being to Kashyyyk during the final days of the Clone Wars. Faye's by the p- personality put him and Voss at odds, prompting Voss to say, you know I don't like clones. I like Faye even less. When Order 66 happened, Faye shot Quinlan in the chest and Quinlan decapitated him. I don't want this to be true. So I do think that you made this up simply for the fact that Apocrinsis was mentioned, and I do think he passed away before Clone Wars started, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm gonna jump on the Ollie made this the fuck up, also based on their reaction, which you can't see, but they are like visibly losing their mind. <laughs> they forgot camera. that I know lots of things about Apocrinsis. Is a thing, I think. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say this is fake. Jess, what do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna be the contrarian, and I'm gonna say this is legends. Just again, to be contrarian. Again, yes, Jess is the to be in their crosser era. Jess is the only one who is right because Oppo Rantis <gasps> is actually in the Clone Wars show. He's walking down a hallway with Obi Wan in one no! scene. So. I, I know he. Okay, I knew that part. That I knew was he was the... in the Clone okay. Wars. Did this this scenario just felt wrong? Yeah, so well, I, I would Quinlan like to Boss say that clone racist in, the experience um, that I in Legends was where Ollie is actively playing light from fucking Death Note and just <laughs> let out like a maniacal ass laugh. Um, <laughs> like, they'll never know. It was me. Um, that one Not is, Ollie yeah. being both Lux Von Terry and light from Death Note. <laughs> Stop! Those are two horrible you kids. Can play, you can play the white version of him in the American movie. Oh, you know, no, that's already like what's his name? Like Alex Wolf from Old. Alex yeah. Monterey? Wait, is it the guy from Old? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Commander Faye, basically, um, he's so by the book, but when he and Quinlan Boss work together, they get shit done. But then as soon as Order sixty six happened, he was like, "Oh yeah, I've been waiting for this one," and then. He shoots Quinlan in the chest, and then Quinlan decapitates him. But they, he, Quinlan does live. So. Damn, do you think they explored each other's bodies? I will say they explored each other's bodies when Quinlan was decapitating his head with his lightsaber. So I'd call that exploration. Okay, I have one more for you guys today. In Legends, there was a clone who served as the sergeant of the 65th Legion named Sato, with two Ts. After becoming gravely injured and losing his squad, one of the members being named Sonic, 
to a monster during an investigation, he exposed two senators who had been profiting from selling weapons to the separatists. I'll say that's real. You said Sato. Sonic? Like the hedgehog? Yeah. One of them is named Sonic like the hedgehog. Sato with two T's not to be confused with um, Commander Sato from Rebels. See, that feels stupid enough to be real that there's the I think you should pronounce Sonic. I think you should pronounce it Sato. I mean, I don't think it's ever spoken out loud, so I can say it however I want. <laughs> I have yet to be right this entire Could round. Be Sato? I don't know. I'm going to say this is Legends and the hope that I can finally be right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still just thinking about Sonic. (laughs) Yeah. Gotta go fast. (laughs) Gotta go fast into the jaws of the beast that devoured my team. So here's the problem, because I want to ask a qualifying question, but I know that's cheating. Mm -hmm. We'll Um, ask and see. What piece of media is this from? Like, is it a book or is it a comic? Or do you not know? I think I can tell you it is a comic. Okay. I don't so think you, that's so wait, rules. so you'd visually see it. So we could have a universe where we, we see Sonic having a blue helmet. I don't know what color the helmet is. Interesting. I think it might be red. I, I'm not sure. Unrelated. So, I'm just thinking about the clone named Glitch who thinks that he's force sensitive and he is my favorite clone. In he's that's my, so powerful. Um, I love him. Um, what are you gonna say, Mel? Because I'll just be a contrary. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I think that it's. I've been burned once, so I'm twice shy. Um, actually, to be fair, I've been burnt about five times this fucking episode. Um, I think I'm just gonna say it's Legends. Bite the bullet. Actually, no, okay. no, Ollie oh. made it up. Ooh. I'm gonna also say Ollie made it up because I don't know something is haunting have, my brain. We have two Legends and two. So here's the thing. I did make it up because he's a part of the 182nd. That's actually not it. His name is also, um, here's the thing. So you know how I said Sato with two T's? His name's actually Mart with two R's. <laughs> no! Mart with two R's. Um, and also his teammate's name is Knuckles. <laughs> um, he did like, he is actually kind of badass though because his entire team died and then he was like gravely injured. And he found a factory that was selling weapons to the separatists and he destroyed it. And then Kid Fisto and Ahsoka came to be like, hey, are you good? And he's like, yeah, these two senators are benefiting from sales of weapons. So he's kind of epic. <laughs> Sorry to Mart Matten. There's only one Mart I respect in this house. That means I win. I've bamboozled you all. Yeah, would you like to hear the scores? I have yes, a score. I would love to. So in dead fucking last... <laughs> Is Noah with zero? Yeah. Um, next is a tie between Claudia and myself with two. Um, and then in first place, of course, is Jess with all four. There were five. There was five. I got the first one wrong. Oh, never mind. Well, I'm happy you guys liked my little my little clone game. That felt like a saw trap in the worst fucking way possible. It felt like okay. So here's the thing. Usually, like I like it feels like like jigsaw, like the the human man. This felt like it was the puppet in charge in the Billy? worst way possible. His yeah. name is Billy. I know his name is Billy. I was just saying the puppet because saying the puppet is funnier. Now we have Q and A's, and these come from our TikTok Q and A. However, you are also always welcome to reach out to us on other platforms. We love getting your questions. Um, but we're gonna do a speed round today. So without further ado, let's go. 
The first one comes from capped.rex.66.67. Which are each of your favorite members of the Bad Batch? I will go first. Omega. Um, oh. Okay, well, <laughs> damn, I guess I won't go first. Oh, Justin Omega. I say Hunter because I love him. Omega. I say Wrecker, obviously. Omega. Wow. <laughs> uh, this one comes from uh, Just F This 01. Who is the most emotional, intelligent member of the Bad Batch? I think like emotionally intelligent. Um, I will say Omega, but if we're talking about the adults, probably Wrecker. I have the same answer. Yeah, I have yes, the same, same answer. answer. I mean, I am a Wrecker stan, but yes. Uh, the next one is, is Rex, um, if Rex is allegedly a natural blonde, is Hauser natural gray or is it Box? Um, it's Box. I also think it's Box. I think it's very funny, the idea of him asking, this, asking the Syndulas who have no hair to help him dye his hair. I'm just saying like, he bought that thing from Walmart that's like add flecks of gray to your hair with a little comb in it. Not touch of gray. No, I think I think it's natural because B God Ryloth has stressed him out that much. Just for men, Hauser. <laughs> just for men, user Hauser. I also think it's natural just because war is stressful. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I know this is supposed to be a speed round. We're supposed to be fast about this, but at the beginning of this podcast. Like the day before we recorded the first episode, one of our first conversations we had as a group, uh, maybe it was Ollie and Jess, I, I don't know, but this is what was happening. I was trying to dye part of my hair gray to make a MILF Tarkin joke, and I'm not kidding you. That was what I was doing. It, you can see the, the ple- parts where I bleached my head, and the gray did not keep t- in my hair. So I do think that it is natural, because I like to think that Hauser and I have similar hair textures. This last question comes from Daredevil is not cis, which are, what do you think slash headcanon the Bad Batch's sexual identities and uh, sexual and gender identities are? I have a very speed round answer to this. Um, Tech is a heterosexual. Crosshair is a heterosexual. (laughs) Everyone else is gay. Moving on. I'm done. Don't slander tech like this. Leave him alone. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Tech is, tech is sapiosexual. Ollie, I was going to make the joke. <laughs> also, uh, Hunter is a he, him, lesbian. So I should Correct. clarify that when I say gay, that's what I mean. Yeah. Hunter... Also, Omega is trans. Period. Yeah, yeah period. canonically. I will also add, I think, the addendum that all of them also use they pronouns in addition to he. I think that's also always safe to say. I would say um, that about literally every single clone, to be fair. I would agree. I would agree. I feel like Django Fett DNA just has the he they energy. Um it's because the Mandalorian part, but then also I'm thinking yeah, about Tarot and Sarah. Or they're just like <laughs> they them plural. Not twins being <laughs> not everyone who shares DNA being like Tarek and Sarah being like we. You know the 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 we irritating meme? That's Tarek <laughs> Tarek and Sarah. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, so those are our QAs that I have for us today. Thank you so much for playing along. Um, as I said, our QAs are open. So if you guys have any questions or anything you want us to talk about, drop them in there and we'll be happy to take a look. Now it's time for our favorite segment. It's name that ship where we read um, the description and the tags for a fic, and the other hosts have to guess what ship it is. Um, Remember, this is all in good fun. No bullying. 
we don't think that all all fan fiction is valid and transformative fandom is a very good thing we are just here because the things that we have found tell such a story and we want to share them with each other in the most brick over the head way possible um in honor of the bad batch being over i did scour through the bad batch tag to find this fic the title is truthfully truth needs no explaining the tags are crystal horns prison break freeform alternate universe kyber crystal kyber crystal halos Kyber Crystals, Star Wars, Accidental Cuddling, Marking, War Crime Husbands, Strangers to Lovers, Speedrun, First Time, Crosshair Deserves All the- Oh, fuck me. Crosshair Deserves All the Softness in the World, Fight Me, Rare Pair. I was gonna guess Crosshair, so that's good. Is it Rampart? He's no, it bad is batch char- Is no, it a Bad Batch a character? Crap. It is not a Bad Batch character. Is Are it, they is Clone it a Jedi? Wars? Jedi? Clone Wars character, not a Jedi. Ooh, is it Hondo Onaka? No, it is not. <laughs> Damn it. I think that Have they been funny. in live action before? Or no, just... they have not. Okay. Well, so Oh the person hmm. No, I can't I can't give that away, actually. Is it Yari? So it's, it... No, it is not Yari. <laughs> they said they said not a Jedi. <laughs> so not a Jedi, not oh, a That's the only God, reason I... that it can't be I hope... I hope not a clone. Not a clone. Not clone, oh, thank Christ. Are they force sensitive though? Yes, they are. Hmm. Ventress? Are they a Sith? Um, it's not Ventress. Savage. Is it? It is Ma- Savage Press. <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Savage hair is a lot. <laughs> are you ready for the 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 summary? A crystal demon. The guard says, and it catches Crosshair's attention immediately. They're keeping him in the highest tower. That does sound like Shrek. <laughs> Not so, Shrek, are you Crosshair Savage? Is, is Crosshair Fiona or is Crosshair No, it's Savage, because I assume Savage is the, per- Savage the crystal, the, the demon, crystal in the demon in the tower. So that's, that's Fiona. Oh, so, so, yeah, so is Savage is Fiona. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Mala's, that makes sense. Maul is his Maul and Mother Talzin are his family from Shrek 2. Not them being the king and queen. Okay, well, so I nothing's going to compare to that. What I have for you today is it's not the ship that's crazy, it's the concept. There's a series, and I'm try I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out how to tell you this because there's not really a ship involved. So, um here's what I'll say. Right now there are it is incomplete um it began in last may and it was last updated this month um i believe two days ago um and it is there is one fake per star wars movie and so what are we guessing if there's not really a ship so okay Or do you just want to tell us about this set of fan fictions? Here's the thing. So, okay. So what what I'm going to have you try and guess is what AU retelling is this? There are so Um, many AUs. Could you give us a couple options to choose from? I will. Hold on. Hold on. Lord, that's going to give it away real quick. Lord Um, AU? I was literally just about to unmute to say that, but I wasn't fast enough. Is it the AU where they're stoned at the nail salon, or the AU where they're sober? Is it the AU where they're um get where where they photosynthesize? 
and are built on solar power. Is it the AU where they have a mood ring? This is a, a retelling of each Star Wars film. The Green Knight. N- no. Involving a popular series of um a, another popular franchise, a series of books. Star Wars Harry Potter AU. <laughs> it's not a Harry is it And a Harry- it's not Harry Potter. Uh, but it is in that vein of children's books, etc. Okay, Please. is it is it a children's book or is it young adult or like teens? I guess this series would be considered children's. Fuck. Okay, I do feel like the Harry has dropped us into like a fucking saw trap. Um, okay, so my first thoughts. Sorry to interrupt you, Noah, but my first thoughts were like Narnia or Percy Jackson. My first thought was no. also Percy Jackson. I also thought but cats, not cats. What is it called? Warrior cats. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Warrior yes! cats. Yes. Okay. It is. It is a complete retelling of Star Wars as Warrior cats. <laughs> so this is a retelling of the popular Star Wars franchise as Warrior cats style stories. Turmoil has engulfed the clans of the Great Gathering. The regulation Wait. of travel and hunting between territories is in dispute. Hoping, hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade, the greedy cats of Field Clan have stopped oh all travel God. to. Wait, to this is the plot of the Phantom Menace, but with cats. Fuck yes. me! The peaceful territory of Forest Clan. While the tribe of Gathering endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the tribe's leader, Lionstar, has secretly dispatched two Light Clan warriors, the Guardians of Peace and Justice, to settle the conflict. They, they've they gotten through A New Hope. They, they've done oh the, my they've god. Done three movies and A New Hope <laughs> How many is words? the one. Um, oh, A New Hope is at 32,000 words. Revenge of the Sith <gasps> oh is at 75,000 words. Person Attack who's of the Rose writing is... these fics, I applaud you. You're so powerful. No, they're it's a they're they're a full they are full retellings. Um, so and they're gonna do all the. I can't wait for the rise of Skywalker as Warrior Cat. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us this week for Rupalp's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop on Sundays. For updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at Rupalp's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Also, sometimes we uh, go live on TikTok, so be on the lookout for that. And um, if you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use as your podcaster, it really helps us out. Also, we love hearing from you. What do you want to see from us until the Book of Boba Fett comes out uh, now that the Bad the bad Batch is on hiatus until next year? Uh, so send us questions in our TikTok Q&A, tweet at us, or send us an email at rupalpspodrays at gmail.com. May the force be with you, and don't. Crip it up. Waka waka. waka. waka.